one thing about sleep masks that I feel like people who don't use sleep masks are always so surprised about. That I'm like, no, mm -hmm. underneath here, it is pitch black. There is and if it, nothing. If it goes up just a oh. little, you're like, oh, I can see, you know, yes. like even in, in the dark. A good night is when it like doesn't shift on me at all. Like today, I woke up and like daylight savings was going mm -hmm. on and it hadn't shifted at all. And I'm just like... I have no concept of what time it actually is. I know it's before my alarm and that's it. <laughs> yes. Um, I My friend Jess stayed with me this week. She was in town for a conference and the only bathroom in my apartment is off my bedroom. Like there's no other way to get to it. And I, oh, leave, right, my, right. I leave my bedroom door open anyway when I sleep because Leo has to get out and get water sometimes in the middle of the night. And so I said to Jess, I was like, no, like, don't worry if you go to the bathroom middle of the night or if you're up before me, like I have a sleep mask and white noise and stuff. And she, she was like, oh my God, one time I like tripped over something. I knocked something <laughs> off the bathroom counter. Like I had to turn the light on and like look around for something. And she was like, you never stirred. And I was like, yeah, yeah, it's an art. <laughs> I was telling uh, Tara, sometimes if she's having a hard time sleeping or something, she'll go sleep in the guest bedroom. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was explaining to her today my, my method for if I wake up in the night and I don't know if she's there and like my sleep mask is on is like this very slow, like movement to the right until I get to the space where she should be. And then she's not there. And then I'll just like flop over on the whole bed. immediately. <laughs> um, but like one time I did that and she was like, for some reason, just real, like, like, it wasn't like I was crowding her space. Yeah, there was, was a big like, space kind of between edge. us. <laughs> And I went, oh, she's not here. And then I like flopped on her. I was like, Argh! and I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I didn't know you were you were in this bed that you sleep in yeah. normally. But like, yeah. But sometimes I do it, and I'm like, oh. And then it, she's, you know, got fur all over her body, and that's mm -hmm. when I realized, oh, this isn't Tara. This is my dog. I uh, I, I have to do the same with Leo. He 99% of the time lies on one particular side of the bed, but like at one point this past week, he lay on the other side. And so if I wake up mm. to shift, I have to do a little like. Where's, where's Leo yeah. on the bed? <laughs> There's no, like, because Tara was like, well, she's like, why don't you call? I'm like, I don't want to wake you up, like, because I know you have a hard time sleeping a lot of the time, and I don't want to, like, oh, I'm about to go to bed. I'm like, Tara, are you here? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I don't want to freak you out. Have I told you about the time where she, like, woke up from a nightmare and went, there's someone in the room and, like, what I did? No. So she goes, there's someone in the doorway or something like that. And my big move was like half asleep, not thinking was I just laid on top of her. And she's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, like my, my half sleep brain was like, well, if he stabs me, it won't go all the way through. <laughs> like that was like <laughs> my, like if Jason was in our room, like I how I was going to protect her. thought was also her. that the person had a knife and not like that this person has a gun or something. <laughs> No, it was in my head. It was it was Jason Voorhees from Friday the Thirteenth, and if I laid on top of her, his knife would not go all the way through me, and then he would forget she was there and leave. Like that was my half asleep, like just all of a sudden being woken up by there's someone in the room. Uh, and just like roll I mean, over I, on I, top I do I do think that's a fairly noble thing to do. So <laughs> it was you know? it was nice. It was it was also like oh this is very stupid. And but just imagine at the time it happening if someone did that to you and you're like why are you laying on top that, like yeah, you're scared. She probably and you're doesn't very realize confused. what she's just said because she was <laughs> yes. asleep. So yes, yes. I, I am also I can also be a chatty Kathy when I sleep occasionally. I've been told so. Um, yeah. She, yes, she doesn't usually, but she woke up and like saw something 
like, you know, like uh, a shadow or something. It was like, ah. One of my favorite things is when, and I'm sure Lady does this, when Leo barks in his sleep. Because he doesn't, Leo doesn't bark. Like, he, it's not that he's mute, mm. but he just, he finds no reason mm. to bark. It's too much energy. His little ghost barks. <laughs> too much energy to exert. So he barks like once a month. If, if Often if another dog at the dog park is just barking at something else. And Leo's like, yes, I shall join in this chorus. Yes. I am not sure why, but here we are. Um, and so Amy barks so much more in his sleep than he does in real life. And they're just the cutest little things. The ghost barks because they're like, mm. yeah, he's like. Mm. Burp, 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 burp. And when she first does it, I was like, what is, are you okay? Like, I was like, I was not used to this noise because any dog I have never, I, you know, slept with my parent in my parents' room mm-hmm. or something. I just never experienced it. And Lee just. Yeah. I just, I, I love so it. I, I love it so much. Andy, my parents' dog, will do that too. Or he'll like growl sometimes in his sleep and his little paws will move and it's great. But Well, since we're talking about dogs and I feel like this is part of this episode, you want to hop right in? Yes, let's let's do it. Hello, Seattle. I'm Ryan. I'm Laurel. And we're the Craniacs and we talk about our wonderful dogs and sleep habits. But sometimes we get together and we talk about Frasier. Uh, Laurel here is the uh, expert, uh, you know the gap is 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 shortening. But Laurel is the expert. I am the new new first time coming through. I know we've talked about this a million times. Do you know what what season we get to where it's like this is a new experience for both of us? We are already starting to get to episodes that I have seen only once. Okay, so they are not nearly as ingrained in my mind. Like I have a memory of the um, car of the of the auto repair class i had no memory of the other storyline with roz's dog um, right and um, i and i just had a vague memory of this of the car repair class i thought this this one so we're doing today we're doing season eight episode 11 motor skills Frazier and Niles realize their helplessness when Frazier's car stalls, so they enroll in an auto repair night class. They quickly fall behind and understand what it's like to be remedial students. Um, this episode, very strangely, and now I'm wondering if maybe my blood sugar was dropping and that's why I felt it, but I had weird anxiety during this whole episode. Oh, interesting. I think it hit a couple things that maybe trigger me. One is I have a lot of this is this is going to be a very fun like like armchair psych episode for us to talk about because I have a lot of uh, dreams about doing badly in, in school. Same. I think we I think we talked about this where yes. it, where we both have the dreams where like you don't realize till almost the end of a semester that you've been enrolled in a class so you haven't gone to it or you know those those types of of dreams well i was weirdly in classes in college that i should have dropped out of like Mm -hmm. i should have i should and i just went no i'm gonna try it and then like Mm -hmm. really messed up my gpa or like i I should have to say i think that is something i and i hope things have changed a little bit i think that's something that you were strongly discouraged from in college is dropping a class and I think that students should be told that it's okay yes. to drop a class because I feel like the me- the subliminal perhaps messaging was like, if you're going to go to grad school, one drop class is going to tank your chance. I mean, I didn't want to go to grad school, but like, it was just like a dropped class is like worse than failing a class. And now I'm like, no, it's interesting. It's interesting because I don't know if I got that from college or if I got it from like, you know, you can't drop a class in high school. And then, mm-hmm. like, I think I had a very, you know, my my mother, I think, was very, like, like, again, we're getting into some real psychological things. But, like, there's a thing of failure growing up that, like, 
doing something wrong or failing was so bad. Like my, mm-hmm. my mother, like if you do something wrong all the way from like, why did you put this here before you did, you walked to the other room? Why didn't you pick it up and do both? Like criticize for just about everything. And I think that really messed me up. So I think that had something to do with, there was a, a thought of, I was failing if I mm-hmm. like, like bigger fail. Like it was, it was a failing as a human being yes. to it was a commentary drop a class. On, like you as a person. Yes. Um, whereas I feel like now, like, well, and similarly it's to this day, it's still hard for me to start a book and leave it and, and not finish it. Like if I, I'm actually, I'm reading a book right now that I'm like maybe 70 pages in. I'm like, I just don't know if this book's for me. And last night I was like, Laurel, stop reading. You don't have to keep reading it. You're not giving a book report on it. You're not in a book club about it. Like also most book clubs don't read the books anyway, but I'm just like, <laughs> you can stop reading it. Like you're 70 pages in. That's enough for you to kind of know if this book is for you. So, but yeah, it's kind of like, I don't know. It goes back to that whole, well, in school you had to always finish the books. So, but when I'm dreaming, like it's the worst parts of my psyche. Like I've always talked about, like, I don't have a lot of anxiety unless I wake up between like three and 5am. And then it's like, Oh, I woke up. That's weird. Your life is not on track. Everything is going terribly. Like it's just like horrible stuff starts coming into my brain at that time. And I think sometimes that happens, you know, when I'm when I'm doing the, you know, the dreams as a like flushing out of what's going mm-hmm. on in your brain. I feel like that happens sometimes and I have those. There's nothing worse. It's it's, you know, everything from marching band to to high school classes to everything is like you're not doing well in this and I wake up and I'm like, I never have to take another class. I never have to go to class again in my life. I don't have to. I'm yeah. done with it and it, like I think about that a lot. Now, on this episode, I did go, man, I'd really kind of like to take a mechanics, like a, a, an intro to auto mechanics class. Okay. So I wrote this down, which is the, the question is, if you could go to a community college and just audit, like what class, you know, not for a grade or anything, what class would you take? Would it be like auto repair? I think I'd take pottery because we did a like little pottery class for our uh, anniversary this year. Kind of a fun little one. It's kind of our step back into like, let's try doing some stuff. And they came, they, we just got them back and they actually came out really pretty good. Like Tara has one of mine. She's like, this is my favorite dip. Like, well, I was going to say dip cup, but then I realized I had different implications like, for a little t- dip bowl. Yes. For like dips for chips. My, mm-hmm. my Tara is not, <laughs> what if, wouldn't that be a weird thing to reveal at this time that Tara like dips <laughs> does just as always like has a thing of skull on her. <laughs> you know, people who's, who's, you know, voice is paramount to their work, love to chew tobacco. <laughs> so very common amongst yes. the best singers. Um, I feel like this is getting off on a tangent. Did you ever have th- there was had to be someone with a dip cup in a SMU class for you, right? There was. I like that you say SMU class. I had a teacher in high school who had a dip. No, cup. at yes. in class. Yes. Crazy. He would just constantly spit into his cup. Yes. Or or the or the like Coke bottle, like or whatever. Yes. Yes. So oh. they could at least like ah. cover. See, Tara is funny because I chew sunflower. I I don't chew sunflowers. I eat sunflower seeds. And I have a cup that, like, when I'm at work, I just, you know, spit the seeds into. And Tara came in. She's like, her dad, I think, chewed tobacco at one point. And she was like, I just keep thinking this is going to be dip. I'm like, oh, no, it's much better. Look, it mm-hmm. chewed sunflower seeds. How? Uh, uh. It's one of my favorite lines from Ace Ventura, where she's like, do you need an ashtray? Because he's eating the 
he's eating the sunflower seeds and mm-hmm. he goes, oh, no, disgusting habit. And he's got this like gross little pile of sunflowers. Of like saliva-soaked sunflower seeds. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, that's why I prefer shelled sunflower seeds. You know, I, I pay the extra however much that is at HEB for them to give me the shelled ones. Well, then I, I just, just eat them just, so fast. Some just, of it's a... Well, yeah. Some of it is just slow down. It's like yeah. pistachios. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It does slow me down that I have to actually shell the pistachios, but... What is a college class that you would want to audit? I, so one thing I love about community college is that there are so many classes I feel like you don't get at a regular college because mm-hmm. a lot of them are just like trades or something. So I feel like I would, and I think Tara and I have talked about doing this for real, but I would really like to take a like gun safety class and oh, like yeah, yeah, potentially yeah. get my, like essentially get my concealed carry license. Not that I want to conceal carry, but you have to take like eight hours of classes and I am so squeamish around guns mm-hmm. like whether it's hunting rifles or like my dad has i think i don't know he's gonna probably get mad that i've like not said this correctly but i think it's a pistol i think that's what you would call it um it's a handgun yeah a handgun yes yeah. and but i have no idea if a gun i'm looking at is loaded i have no idea how to check if it's loaded and i would just like if i'm ever in a situation where let's say like I'm at a house and there's kids there and I find like a gun in a drawer. I want to be able to know if it's loaded or not. And if it is loaded, know how to safely remove the bullets and just kind of things like that. Like know how to hold a gun. No, I just all to get over some of that. Not that I want to become a gun owner and start carrying. Right. No, I think that's really responsible of you. Well, thank you. Thank you. But like, I, it's, I mean, it's obviously not something I come into contact with a lot. I don't just have friends, you know, out here, like with their hunting rifles out all the time or anything, but like, I remember once I was at a friend's house, they had just come home from a gun show where they had bought like a hunting rifle and it was just like on the picnic table and they were just talking about it. No one was touching it. No one was handling it. They were just talking about it. And I had to excuse myself and go inside. Oh yeah. 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 I get it. I was just like, I'm just really uncomfortable. And then they came in and they were like, hi, we're putting the gun away. You can come back outside. And I was like, oh, is it that obvious? Like I was trying to be cool and just be like, I'm just going inside for another drink. (laughs) Tara's dad had just gotten a handgun. And I was a little uncomfortable with him showing it to us. And I said something and he's a little nervous. So he was like, Tara had left to go get breakfast. Mm-hmm. I was in her room. So, cause we used to stay at her, her dad's place. It was like her old, her old high school room, which is, have you ever seen that, that Saturday Night Live bit where it's like, let's do it on the twin bed. Like that is one of my favorites. <laughs> it's really funny, but it's. I, it, but that's the thing she does like a twin bed. And I was like, I slept like on my side. Like eventually I started just like sleeping on the floor. <laughs> so I'm like, I'll just sleep here. It'll be fine. Um, but I was just that on the bed note, reading. I love a good twin bed. Like on the occasional vacation, I feel so cozy. Like my, my, my bed at my, no, my bed at my parents' house is not a twin bed anymore. But you like, mean if it's just you? If it's just me. Yeah. yeah. Cause I feel, I feel just like a little like snug as a bug in a rug just in my little twin bed like all cozy and everything do i want your that to be my full-time on, bed no <laughs> you put your hands on both sides of the mattress and be okay yes yes i mean i don't think leo and i could even share a twin bed <laughs> so i'm in in the bed reading and like the the wall is to his bedroom and he keeps like check opening the the safe and like checking something on the gun and then closing it. But I'm hearing all this and it's pretty early in our relationship. And I'm like, is he being like, just want to remind you that I have a gun suitor of my daughter. And like, as soon as Tara came home, like I approached him like, Jim, were you like, he's like, oh no, I was just checking this stuff. I'm like, yeah, but you know, to me, that sounds like you're like, want to make sure you know, I have a gun. Son. And I also want to make sure it's loaded. Yeah. In case I, like, oh, I need God. to use it. But yeah. He, he got a kick out of that, but he was like, no, 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 I swear. Um, I mean, 
Yeah, so that's uh, that's that's our foray into gun control. As I would yes. like to take, and I don't know if that's something I don't know if it's something your community college offers. Also, if I just, I would love to learn sign language. Um, oh yeah, okay. And, and um, yeah, I just, I, I feel like I, and it's not, it's not something I want to go and get like a major in it or anything. And like, but I would just love to. I'd love to be able to translate. I would also just love to be able to eavesdrop on conversations between two people who are signing. <laughs> so. You just you just want to want to get a real quick sense of Laurel so you can tell if they're talking about you. Yeah. Like yeah. like see if they do L A. <laughs> yeah. Spell out your name real quick. Well, and here's also one question. And if anybody, and I should really ask Clark this because his mom is a sign language interpreter. But you know, you have your own symbol, like your own sign for your name that you mm. pick. But everybody doesn't know that that's a sign for your name. You know, so it's kind of like. Do you, do you spell your name, I guess, when you first meet somebody? And I've then seen I'm, people spell things out very quickly. And, now, and, then, and then maybe you show them your sign? Like, Yeah, I, I'm sure there's a shorthand once you've... I, I'm speaking from absolutely no expertise or experience, but I'm sure there's a little bit of a shorthand once you get comfortable with somebody. Like yeah. Like, you've, you've, you've signed with them a lot. But I think the first time is you just spell it out. Because we, yeah. we learned in, in Cub Scouts or Boy Scouts a little bit of sign language and we learned the whole national anthem and the only thing i remember from it is flag <laughs> is you put your hand on your elbow and you kind of do that and that's flag and i will never forget that and then guys, i guys ryan had his elbows resting in his hand like his hand yes. was serving it on a platter and then his the hand that had the elbow was is waving looks back exactly like forth. a flag yeah it does look like it looks that's... like a flag on a flagpole <laughs> yes um and i i know like i think ryan is r-y-a-n like that and I used to know all of it, but it's been so long I can't remember. So I like I I think I've seen like like signing letters is just one hand doing stuff yes. like this. So I think when I see something on, it's like if you took Spanish class and then someone in a movie speaks Spanish, like I get real excited. I'm like, mm, she said something about a street. Like you know, yes. I just get like one yes. word. Like there I feel like it's the same thing with my little knowledge of AS, ASML. Uh, oh, I know turtle. This is turtle. That is turtle, yeah, or or this, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's turtle. And I know beautiful is you wave your hand around your face like this, almost like you're washing your face. That's that's beautiful. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, that's from Mr. I, Holland's opus, right? Because he's like, yes, singing. Okay. beautiful, 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 we, beautiful there, boy. I was about to yeah. say, like, there is there's someone who knows ASL and is listening to this and is just like <laughs> these two idiots. <laughs> Probably, probably. Um, speaking of like knowing very little bits of Spanish, uh, one of my favorite songs in like 2018. Cause, you know, sometimes a song from a long time ago will just like get in my ear one year, and I just like have decided that's the year I really like that song. It was the song "Fotografia" by Juanes uh, with Nelly Furtado. I don't know that if one. you heard it, you would know it. Yeah. <laughs> I. It was one of these things where I'm like, mm, talking about photos. Yeah, <laughs> talking about eyes. <laughs> and I'm like, uh huh, something about a street. <laughs> Well, there are times, like, I know almost the entire song, yet I do not know what, they, what the song means. Right. It's all in Spanish. And I'm like, mm-hmm, I got you, but I don't know what we're saying. So let's let's talk a little bit about this this actual episode. I feel like we're talking around it. Um, this one starts off, and Niles and Frazier are taking Daphne and Chelsea. Yes, who we never see again. Right. I, by first, I was like, Chelsea is new, question mark. But then, like, also, she just Chelsea disappears. Chelsea is not a name that someone her age would have. That's a very our generation name. A woman of her age in 2001 would not be named Chelsea. Like, that name was probably popular then. But yes. It, yes. So, they, so, since that character was born that year, quote unquote, like, because yes. the writers, they go, oh, Chelsea. Um, 
And then the, the car breaks down and Frazier's like, all right, open the glove box. And do you see the flashlight in the toolkit? Okay, reach behind those and grab my cell phone so I can call someone. And I misremembered how this episode started and that for some reason I thought that Daphne and Chelsea fixed the oh, car. Oh, that's what I thought was where we were headed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, that doesn't happen. Okay, but it sounds like they still made the opera. Yeah. Um, when I was a kid, my mom, my dad was, you know, my dad wasn't very handy but he was very like, he was just like, here's what you do. Here's how you do this. You open the phone book and you look up auto repair. <laughs> you know, they did that, that, they, he had that bit. But my mom, I knew how to do some stuff because, mostly because of Boy Scouts, because my, my mom was the one who would go, okay, you need to learn how to do this on your car. And then she would learn it to then immediately <laughs> teach me how to change a headlight or how to do this or that. That's to, amazing. Good for her. I had a plumbing. That was basically how... Um, Boy Scouts works is you'd go to this, there was like a scout store and there would be pamphlets or little books that were like, this is for this merit badge. And my mom mm. would go, plumbing, you need to learn plumbing. And she knew nothing about it. And she'd look, okay. She just, all right, here's this, here's this, go fix the toilet. And I'm like, okay. I love that. I uh, Well, yeah, I know how to I, do those things now a little bit. Yeah. Like, I don't think, I can't change oil, but like, I can change a taillight. I can, you know, I can fix some of those stuff. I can yeah, fix a I toilet mean, pretty much. You're, you're naming all things that um, I can't do. So um. <laughs> I'm going to get a call sometime after this. <laughs> oh, I, I, for some reason, I like forgot we lived in the same city for a second. I was yeah. going to be like, you're so far away. Why would I call you? <laughs> um, honestly, sometimes, though, when I like when I drove to your 40th birthday party, which, yes, everybody, <laughs> it's, it's, Ryan is I'm, now I'm, 40. I, yes. I, I was like, oh, like I forgot how far. I'm sorry. Do we need to bleep out where you live? I forgot how far you live. <laughs> um. I wrote here uh, that Frazier seems weirdly subdued in this first scene. Like the in whole the, in the car, in the car, like he's all okay. like, I, you know, I, I was like, maybe he's just, I just, I just, when I think of Frazier, I think of kind of panicked, like manic Frazier, but like, he's very mm -hmm. much like the whole scene. He's just like, don't worry, ladies, I'll just pull this. And he pops the trunk and like, but everything is just very, if you, I think if you go back and watch it, it feels a little bit like. He's like, today I'm going to try this on just one Quaalude. <laughs> that, <laughs> I guess that's true. I, I found the popping of the trunk so relatable in that yes. th the release from my gas tank and my hood are right next to each other and easily have oh, the yeah, yeah, yeah. I pop the hood. <laughs> and then I'm just like, well. It was also good because they have that like one camera like look mm -hmm. on the thing. So it's perfect. Just like, the you know, it was very well set up, I think, for that scene. Yeah. Um, I, 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 th and then when they decide to go to, 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 I just related to this a lot. And like I said, I think we said a little earlier, I feel like I'd like to do like a intro to auto mechanic. So I could maybe, I don't know if I knew how to change a spark plug. I feel like everything's on YouTube now. So I feel like mm -hmm. if I, I fix a lot of stuff that way where I look at it, I'm like, okay, I can do that. Um, yeah. but I still like the idea of doing one of these. I feel like. Maybe in 2022 we do a we do a weird some strange class. I'm probably gonna end up doing this pottery class. I really enjoyed that. So I mean, I think that's I think that's great. I feel like that also sounds like very soothing. Oh the, yes, Tara, <laughs> Tara was so like she goes, I need to do another one, and then realize like I think she was so worried about like everything. I was just like, oh, I don't know, bowl. <laughs> I was just like, they're like, what do you want to make with this? They kept asking us, like, what do you want to make? I'm like, what do you want me to make? Like, I don't know. I've made like three cups. What do you want here? <laughs> yeah. It's like, also, you know what? Sometimes the the object picks what it is, not me. And I'm just going to, I'm just going to let it, let's see what happens. I was more into the idea of the, the method and how to do stuff that as soon as they were like, 
do this. What do you want to make? I'm like, I have no concept of what I want to make. Like I had no, like I was just like, I'm going to learn how to do this. So, um, the, this, and let's continue the, before we get to the B plot, let's continue this A plot all the way through. So they end up becoming, uh, they they sign up for this auto repair class who is taught by what I think is one of the ultimate that guys. Yes. The guy who was in so many things. David Gruber Allen, I think mm-hmm. is his name. Yes, he was, before this, he was the counselor. This is what I remember him from, is he was the counselor in uh, Freaks and Geeks. I think he was on Gilmore Girls, which is probably how you know him. So, so yes, I know him from Gilmore Girls. He had a few, he, he played the same character who did a few different things. He first gets introduced to the town as a rival town troubadour. And it, it results in Stars Hollow having a town meeting where uh, they established the person who had been the town troubadour the whole time as the what? official town troubadour. This is guys, it's small town hijinks. And then he pops up throughout Gilmore Girls as like with same character, but always some different uh, reasons in the show. Like another time he sets up a farmer's market stand and which competes with the town mayor for lack of a better word and his grocery store. I feel um, like I have no concept of what Gilmore Girls is about <laughs> because like you're telling me this. I'm like, I'm like, just you're totally like, what are the like, girls wait, coming? what troubadour? <laughs> like, um, so Gilmore Girls is about you know, Rory and Lorelai, but it's also so much about the world of Stars Hollow, which is the town, a small town in Connecticut that they right, live. It's yeah. based on Washington Depot, which is also a town in Connecticut where Amy Sherman Palladino um, Washington went on vacation Depot once. is the name of the town? Yes, the real town, yes. Washington, <laughs> Washington's Depot, Washington Depot. Washington I just don't, Depot. I, I don't have a lot of like confidence in the excitement of a town with the word depot in the name. Well, that's, you know, it's think about how many TV shows are built around like a small town like Parks and Rec with Pawnee and stuff and um, Heart of Dixie, which is Bluebell, Alabama. Like, right. Just where it's just all about the like quirks of a small time. It's not all, all of what Northern Exposure is about. Yes, but specifically, I'm just the idea. I never, if you told me there was a town with the word depot in it, I would never like believe that. <laughs> Like it's quite it's quite old too. Yeah. Um, as Stars Hollow is, um, Revolutionary War site. Anyway, um, that's a whole another podcast. Um, but yes, that guy. As soon as he came in, I was like, ah, him. Yes. <laughs> I like him a lot. Um, he was on a show called like the T Bones and Naked Trucker Show. Do you remember that at all? It was some weird thing. It was him and David Keckner, and they were both like rednecks. But like the big deal was David Gruber Allen was naked the whole time with a guitar like and he would play songs and it was just very odd but it was like eight episode show on comedy central back in the day i feel like we're also leaving out some i'm gonna look up some other things i feel like we're leaving out some really big um things that he was in um okay maybe not i mean yeah like it's just his first four are bad teacher gilmore girls the naked trucker and t-bone show and then sex tape so he's he's weirdly been in a lot of Cameron Diaz vehicles. Yeah, that's true. Oh, he's in he's in like one episode of a lot of things. Yes, um, he's one of those type of guys. Um, yeah. He. Anyway. So they have this class, and they're obviously very bad at it, but they're also like annoyingly like positive about it at first. Like mm-hmm. he goes, someone goes, I don't know anything about cars, and Fraser stands up and gives this like St. Crispin's Day speech about it. And then this oh, one guy just gets okay. up and leaves, who is like my MVP of the episode. I know. I, I wrote down how insuffer- how insufferable would it be to have Fraser and Niles as students, regardless of what you're teaching. Like, even oh, if you're yeah, teaching yeah. something they love, they'd be even more insufferable. Like, I, I think that might have been part of what gave me anxieties, because after that, there's a whole thing where they're talking and they're missing stuff. And it was just mm-hmm. like, 
oh man, they're missing everything. And then at the end, they decide to be bad. And I was like, again, having like, I don't know. I, this is where I'm realizing I'm having a lot of anxiety about education or being in class because I'm like, well, now they're disrupting the whole class. Like, I'm being like, is this really... because the Leander ISD bond package didn't pass? Did it not? I don't <laughs> I, I didn't know. Here's Leander the thing. was like, we've got it. We've got a lot of people moving here. We got to build new schools. And it was like, we don't want to put money towards that. Yeah, but, I, know, no. I did not vote in that. That was not. Uh, I don't. I do not feed. I don't. I don't think y'all feed into Leander. It's just you know. Well, we voted on it. I just. It's, okay. I was thinking about that because after we did all the elections, it was all propositions and bond and stuff Ugh, like that. I was like, wait, what passed? Like, I have no idea what. what oh yeah, what went through. I. This is perhaps the most invested I've been in a local election since like early on in D.C. Right, right. Um, I was like, I'm gonna read about everything. <laughs> I'm gonna have opinions. Um. I, I I need my mom to corroborate if this is true. I feel like when we first watched this episode back in, when it first aired, that my mom was really disgusted with Frasier and us. My mom is a former teacher. <laughs> and I Probably. think that she was like, this is really disrespectful. Like, just drop out, of, you know, just like drop yeah. out of class, like, et cetera. It's, also, it's disrespectful not only to the teacher, but to the other students. Well, and... the teacher takes care of it, I think, pretty well, where he's like, yes. you know, you're adults, yes. get out of here. But um, but I did like that. What am I gonna tell my dad? What am I gonna tell my girlfriend? Like, yeah, <laughs> that it was I, very funny. Even though it seemed so forced, especially when Niles was like, "What am I gonna tell my girlfriend?" I was like, "This is." I, I loved the, that little insight into like yes. their you know kind of slacker personas. Um, I enjoyed this plot. Like I could tell that it was. Uh, I didn't enjoy it. I could like. I was like, "This is objectively funny." I get what's going on here. However, again, my anxiety of the whole situation was keeping me from really enjoying it for some reason. That That's fair. Um, if we're done with this plotline, I'd like to talk about the plotline that gave me anxiety, which is this Roz's one, dog. This one also did the same thing, and I think it was an overbearing, again, going back to things that really give me anxiety and are triggers, overbearing parental, like, you're doing this wrong. Because Roz gets a little Dalmatian, not a little Dalmatian puppy, that was a big Dalmatian Yeah, that puppy. was like an eight-month-old Dalmatian right. puppy. Right, because I'm used to, like, 101 Dalmatians where they're little tiny things, and this mm-hmm. thing was huge. But... I will say it was really funny watching that dog, like, when it was attacking, not attacking, yeah. but, like, licking Fraser and Fraser's face was like, ah, 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 like, I, it's over-the-top face. really, like, I love that they just let that dog be a dog, because yes. that dog licked every single person's face, yes. like, to no end, and I was like, oh, so good. Um, I was upset not only because Dalmatians are not good d- dogs for young kids. Yes. This always became a thing around 101 Dalmatians when the movie would come out or a sequel. They would be like, remember, don't go get a Dalmatian puppy for yes. your kids. Um, and secondly, just that, I mean, it seemed like she got the dog from a breeder and you and I both have rescue dogs. And so, um, right. I just, I was also just like, oh, Roz, why didn't you rescue a dog? But um, Well, you'll notice that the, that Alice is not in the episode at yes. all. So that might I have something say, to do like, with it. Next to Ross and Rachel's daughter on Friends, I feel like Alice is like a child that you see. For being the child of a main character on the show, you never see. <laughs> yes. Like, like Alice less than Frederick. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, um, so... Martin decides Martin is asked to come like help take care of her and immediately becomes very overbearing grandpa about it. He also it. had slight issue with Martin who walks with a cane walking an energetic Dalmatian puppy. I was like, is anyone concerned about this? Yeah, I mean, I know yeah, he walks yeah. Eddie, but Eddie is at this point old yes. and docile. Um, I was just kind of like, um, <laughs> I, uh, you know, there's all these things that were like, 
Martin names it Frankie and she's like, well, Alice will name it Ariel. And he's got all these opinions on everything. Um, and then eventually starts doing stuff. And uh, Roz like really kind of confronts him in that scene. I think that scene was, was felt a little serious and was played a little serious. But my favorite is when Roz was really giving him a like, I'm the mother and blah, blah, blah. And literally the dog is like trying to chew her face. <laughs> like literally like doing the little puppy chews on yeah, them. she's like, like Martin, you have to tell and I feel like the the studio audience was like kind of laughing at it but also like it was a very serious line yeah yeah I um I, I it stressed me out not only because I feel like maybe Roz had bitten off a little more than she could chew no pun intended but I'm very proud of that statement um mm-hmm. and also that yeah, Martin just being overbearing. And you know, people always say like, oh, wait till you have kids and then everybody start has parenting advice. Like parenting experts come out of the woodwork. Guys, you don't even need to do that. Just get a dog. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So many people will have advice, especially if you ask any question in any dog owner's group or you see anything on Nextdoor. It's like everybody has advice and everybody has criticism for you. Just and, avoid Nextdoor in general, but. <laughs> I mean, my Nextdoor, I have to say, I know we compared the fact that my Nextdoor is different from yours, but. There was a charming post a few weeks ago that I actually commented on. It started out with this woman who was like, I live close to this high school and um, I hear every every morning before 8 a.m. I hear the marching band practicing and I hear them at night too. And I remember being like, oh no, this person is going to be like, shut up, noise violation. Instead, she said, they are working so hard. It is so great to hear them improve over time. And she's like, I was, they reminded me of songs I forgot about. And she's like, and they started practicing marching through the neighborhood. And she's like, it just brings me so much joy. I love, I leave my windows open to hear the music. And I commented and I was like, I was really afraid this was going to be <laughs> a cranky post. And so many people commented after me and were like, me too, Laurel. <laughs> and then everybody, I mean, soon it was like, we knew that the high school had like won this recent citywide competition. They were going to state parents of like the band members were chiming in to talk about like things. It was precious. And I was like, oh, next door. <laughs> Um, what, like, like, okay, so Martin sucks in this one. Like, we agree, uh, right? Like, I wrote down, this is so out of character for Martin. Yeah. It felt like. I feel like he's always somebody who's like, don't stick your nose in other, I mean, granted. Yeah, Ross that's a good point. him to help, but I was like, this is so unlike Martin to be this overbearing and this judgmental and this just like, also manipulative yes like the way he like passive aggressively like you know acts towards Roz when she's doing something he doesn't like and also when he takes the dog because Ross was 15 minutes late coming home yes like there was a lot of stuff that it, I was like this is like a villain move like this is mm-hmm. this is like this is the kind of like character that's like Olivia on the Sopranos or some like character that you're like oh like this is not a character that's endearing 95% of the time on this show and this t- and even when he's not endearing you're like oh it's a little misstep but this whole thing I was like get out of here Martin yeah like, it was like a heel yes. turn almost but mm-hmm. um anything else we want to talk about on this one um no I think I'll wait until uh it's time to rate it to say the next thing I have a couple notes that I that I haven't talked about yet I want to say that topless playing cards are weird Mm. Like, I don't understand the point of them other than just, like, because playing cards is inherently like a um, 
social thing to me and ogling naked women is such a solo thing to me. <laughs> like, I don't understand the like, let's marry these two things other than just go, hey, I got topless playing cards. Like, it's just an odd thing to me. Well, and, yeah, also, I, I guess I feel like there's so so many other opportunities to buy pornographic things yes. <laughs> that are like bigger. I don't know. I it's don't just like think... you don't see other things that are like, slightly like pornographic is so like to me that term is so but like topless you don't have like i have a topless uh i guess they have those those pins that like when you turn them one way like it's just weird stuff like that where i'm like why like old timey like nudity is odd anyway not even old timey but you know what i mean like Back in the day, everyone's like, I, I, I need that modern nudity. Yeah, I need I need something sleek and new. Um, I liked when the whole class, when they were like, I need to see you guys outside the whole class, like suddenly became very adolescent. When I went, ooh, you're in trouble. Yep. And it wasn't just Niles and Frazier. And uh, the last thing I wanted to talk about real quick is at the end, when they have, they're shooting spit wads at the, the guy in Cafe Nervosa. Um, I had a, a Spanish teacher, uh, Senor Nelson, shout out to Senor Nelson. Um, we were, you know, he was a really good teacher, but we were kind of unruly. He was one of those teachers where you were kind of unruly in his class, but he was still like A, a good teacher and B, like kept discipline. And like we were shooting spit wads at something and he was like, we were all supposed to be studying and he was like, look at the thing. And all of a sudden we're sitting there kind of like laughing about it. And this huge spit wad comes and just hits the chalkboard next to us. And we look up and he's got a thing and he's like, that's it. He's, and he looks at us. And we're like, oh, and he's like, no more spit wads. And we're all like respect. And we never did like spit wads in his classic. Amazing. <laughs> it was great. Uh, my LOL that I wrote down is when Roz at, at, at Nervosa, when Roz tells Niles Frazier to just, coast through the class and i don't know if it's frazier or niles that says that we have never walked the back alleys of underachievement before yes. <laughs> and i just love that so this is actually a as i've had friends that have gone through like law school and grad school and stuff um and now that i'm older if i were to ever go back to any like to, to grad school or something like let's say i decide to get my mba i think i would be the completion person i am not here like if i went to law school i'm not here to get on law review i am not here to take the hardest class yeah. I am here to graduate with this degree and the end. Like I like if I do well, great, but am I gonna like seek out the the hardest class so I can say I did it? No. No. You don't get a medal for taking the hardest torts class. You just get a grade <laughs> for taking a torts class. Um this is to say I'd be a slacker, but like I would not I don't think I would be an overachiever, which those who knew me in my educational right. would be like well yes laurel especially classes i really liked i really cared about I like yes well because now you've achieved what you need to like function as an adult so anything else is just gravy so it's like i don't need this goodbye like you know if you needed to do something like yeah like now you know it's you know you have more of kind of a uh hindsight to know yeah perspective to know exactly how hard you need to work to achieve yeah well and like Full disclosure, the two science classes I had to take at SMU, I got like a C or a C plus in both of them. I am not somebody who gets C's. They were just, they, they, they were difficult. I'm not great at science. They were mm-hmm. difficult. And I probably didn't apply myself as much as I should. I would say I probably up until recently would still kind of like beat myself up a little bit about that because I'm, like, I'm not somebody who gets C's. And now I'm like, you passed. Yeah. You didn't need them for your major. You like, you passed. You took them. They were not your, they were not your Ballywick. They were not your cup of tea. 
the end. Apparently, English was your ballywick because you just used the term ballywick. <laughs> um, I, I did. I did minor in English. There you go. Overachieved in those classes. Um, so let's go ahead and rate this one because we got a few mm-hmm. things we need to do in, uh, in between the episodes. Okay. okay. Um, I, I five. Like it's is exact, middle of the road exactly for me. What yeah. I'm it. Like I, I actually wrote down at the end. What is the point of this episode? It's filler to me, but it's not bad. It's not. I think people. I think other people may enjoy it more. Like I said, I had. I was weirdly like on edge the whole time, and I was mm-hmm. like, maybe I'm just like anxious today. But then the next episode kind of calmed me down, probably because I felt like in a safer place since they're at a Star Trek convention. <laughs> yeah. Well, there, there you go. Yeah. Um, five, do we, do we have a five, five? I, I, I I'm going to give it five, um, printed certificates at the coffee center. That was a funny bit at the end was the, See, I did remember how it ended. Yes. So I was like, okay, I do remember some bits of this episode. I'll give it five, uh, twist then pulls, <laughs> which okay. I, I really like to do that. So we have, uh, we have an old email that has been a while getting through here and it's a long one. So let's go ahead from, uh, Brad, uh, you know I, Brad? I know Brad from Twitter. Yeah, I'm okay. Brad from Twitter, yes. Frequent tweeter to the Craniacs account. I'll probably bleep out his last name. But uh, hi, Ryan and Laurel. I keep wanting to write in again, but usually either have minimal feedback or can't remember what I wanted to say after your episode concludes. Thankfully, I had a bunch of things to say about this one, uh, Country Club Adjacent. First, I love Rick Steves. My wife and I spent some time in Paris many years ago before we had kids, and his recommendations were spot on. A hundred percent agree, Brad, having having definitely taken those Paris recommendations. Uh, I took the title The New Friend as a way for the writers atoning for season three, episode 11, The Friend, which everyone seems to hate. That's the one when Frasier tries to be friends with the barbecue fanatic in the wheelchair. Mm -hmm. That was a weird Mm -hmm. one. It's Griffin Dunn, I believe, was the actor who did that. I just remember him from... Anyway, uh, you talked about Frasers and sports, and it reminded me of a scene in season 11, episode 12. I know, neither of you have seen this, where <laughs> Niles talks about Frasers' sordid history with team sports. Apparently, he accidentally joined the girls' field hockey team when he was a freshman, though it's unclear whether that was prep school or college. Um, I'd like to, I'd hope it was prep school and that he'd learned a little something by the time he got to college and not accidentally join a women's team. I also like to think that is a baller move to meet the ladies. <laughs> Do you think it is? Because I don't know if anyone, like, you walk up to the field hockey thing, I think all the ladies go, what an idiot. This is the wrong team. No one goes, oh, my. <laughs> I mean, well, it, I think it's it not like ladybugs. played it off. If they were like, whoops, but while I'm here, let me join in a game. Like, I, I think it all depends on how you played it off. You're good-natured about it and laugh at yourself a little bit, but then show you can still hang with the gals. Like, I think none of those qualities are anything we see in Frasier. <laughs> this, this is very true. Touche. Um. I'm also not a fan of Merry Christmas. I really didn't like Dr. Mary's previous appearances, so it's possible that this episode just reminds me of the extremely stereotypical way she's been portrayed before. Plus, Fraser's desire... Oh, go ahead. I recall that I also did not like Merry Christmas. You really liked it, but I did not like it. I dug it. Plus, Fraser's desire but complete inability to be a parade commentator is just frustrating to watch. Well, you know. Different strokes. Uh, as I said in a previous email a couple of years ago, oh my God, we've been oh. doing this long. I had been keeping up with your journey through the series by watching Frasier on my phone in my youngest son's bedroom while they fell asleep. They're four and six now, and I no longer have to keep them company, so I don't really get to watch the show anymore. But I still enjoy remembering each episode as you guys talk about it. Thanks again for making a fun podcast. Here's the thing. 
Uh, I recently have turned 40, and this just made me feel a little bit older because it's like we've been doing this I, podcast so long. Ryan, I have some like tearlets at the back of my <laughs> eye. Like, I'm a little like my nose is prickly, like I'm about to cry. That's just so. Thank you, Brad, for this this email. It's uh, very also, sweet, but mine is immediately like, oh, we've been doing this so long. These I kids. just also I kind of love that we've been there for the growing up of you know of his youngest and stuff. And as, I mean, as two childless adults, like <laughs> at least we're having some impact on some kids' life. Well, I mean, you know, Kyle's son listened to Craniacs in his first week of life, and my and Jessica, you know, former guest as well, um, would listen. Her her youngest would listen to Craniacs when she was like nursing him in the middle of the night. Mm. So we are we are shaping the minds of tomorrow. We're going to be a focal point in the in the uh, in many uh, developmental lawsuits later down the line. We're just going to be brought up in therapy. Yes, a lot. A lot. <laughs> Uh, well, thank you, Brad, for that email. Please don't let it be a few years before your next one. Although at the rate we're going, we'll still be recording this podcast. So, <laughs> um, we also have. Oh, excuse me. The phone lines are lighting up real quick. Let me go ahead oh. and and, oh. and and take a call. Hey, Ryan. Hey, Laurel. It is Ryan up here in Dallas, originally uh, from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and I'm a craniac. And I just heard a call for action to call this number. Would love a live uh, live show. Uh, if it were in a bar or a restaurant, I would be there. I would drive down to uh, Seattle or Houston area or wherever uh, you guys want to do it. I've listened to every episode simply because I'm a uh, huge fan of Frasier. Listened to it or watched it several times and absolutely love your commentary and fell in love with your chemistry and uh, you guys as people. So, uh, yeah, I would definitely come down and say hello. So uh, do it. I'm a craniac. Thank you, guys. Appreciate everything you do. Bye-bye. What? I mean, am I going to start crying? <laughs> I, did. I, I didn't feel – it's funny because I did not feel – that one before we read it i had no idea it's funny because because you, you with the google things you get like a, a transcript wait, and it was wait, like wait, stop stop talking about that for a second do you know this person i don't know who they are no I this is a this complete is new person that's what i was gonna say stranger and he's so it's, it's, it's ryan exciting. from dallas right is that yes okay i, I want to make sure i caught all that and i i think that's why i started reading it and went ah whatever because there's a ryan i know in dallas i thought it was him and he actually sounds like him which is very strange, but it's not it's not this Ryan. Well, so, I just hey Ryan, I would love to know how you found the podcast. I'm always curious as to people who are not connected to us how they find yes. us. Yes. Um but thank you so much for that message. Um I mean, I think we have I, to do I think we have to do a live show um at some point and I think, yeah. I, I think I think the fans I think they want it more than than we realized. We were joking about it. <laughs> I thought you were about to say I think they want it more than we do. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, see, okay, so uh, let me try and, so when someone says something like this and you go, we should do a live one, my immediate reaction, uh, is to, like, internalize and go, okay, well, how would we do that and think about logistics? So I'm trying to, like, be more exuberant about it, because I am excited about this idea, but at the same time, I'm, I'm going, like, well, what's so, the logistics wait, and you, how would we do have this? Have you ever been to a live podcast taping? Uh, yes, but, like, there are ones that are, like, huge like in a theater or something so and I, I don't think we have the, yes, the, the I've pull been to, to do that i've been to several live podcast tapings so I'm humble brag yeah. <laughs> um, i used to live in dc it was you know it was a hot spot um, the, the, the live podcast <laughs> taping of the world <laughs> capital um, but 
I mean, they basically record it the same way they always record it. Like we would just kind of do the same thing. Um, we mm. might have to get slightly different mics that isolate some background noise and stuff, but like the logistics would very much be the same because I don't think we would have a big enough crowd that we would actually need to have like huge microphones. Yes, 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 yes. But um, I, I'm not so worried about the logistics. I think, um, you know, what I think needs to happen is that we need to work on ingratiating ourselves to some like bar and restaurant owners and um, see if we can do, you know, find a, spi a space. I actually already have one in mind that just came to me. Um, I also mm. I know that you enjoy, so that we should maybe consider. So, Well, tell me now and I'll bleep it out. What is oh, okay. it? Mm, okay. Because they have that huge inside area. We could easily yeah, take yeah, over yeah. just part of it. One of my friends, friends from high school is a bartender there. So... I'm just saying. I think there's more to it than you think, but I don't think it's undoable. Oh, there's I just probably definitely my... more to it, but I don't yeah, think yeah, I think I don't think the logistics are impossible. Yes. Well, here we go. This is the start of this is the start of this. So <laughs> thank you, Ryan, for your call. If you wanna like and again, if you wanna give us a call on our hotline and just leave a message, call up uh, uh at Seattle area code two zero six six five seven six nine eight six. Uh let us know you're a craniac. Let us know what you think about a live episode. Let us know uh, how things are going with you. Let us know how we've uh, been instrumental in the uh, upbringing of your child. <laughs> um, so the next one. Season 8, episode 12, the show must go off. Frazier and Niles try to reawaken the career of Jackson Headley, an old actor they saw perform Hamlet when they were young. When they see him perform again, however, they realize that he is talentless and will humiliate himself. That last line is pretty harsh. It is pretty like, harsh. I, also I mean, had, it's accurate, but also like, ouch. I had little to no recollection of this episode. Um, and I, however, was thrilled to see the actor who plays Jackson Headley, which is yes. Derek Jacoby. Are you familiar with Derek Jacoby? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay, uh, okay. Himself a... Uh, Shakespearean actor, yes. uh, which is funny because he's he's had some roles. He was a he had a big uh, role in an episode of Doctor Who, oh, which is okay. kind of you know I mean he I think he's more known for the Shakespearean stuff than his little uh, uh, dalliances in, in science fiction. So, but well, I know him best from he's in the King's Speech. He plays the Archbishop of Canterbury, um, hmm. a, a little bit of a villain role. But he's also a regular in a show that I believe I've mentioned on here before as being a good thing to watch, Last Tango in Halifax. It's a yes. British show. It's like had maybe four or five seasons, and it's about an older couple who were high school sweethearts, and they reconnect late in life and decide to get married. And it's kind of like about their adult children, like, you know, managing all of that and everything and all. It's, it's wonderful. Um, as my friend put it, it's like very cozy, and it definitely is. But he plays the, the man in that older couple relationship. Um, yes. And it's, I mean, it's oh, he was in Cinderella. Day. I forgot about that. That's where I've seen him most recently. I have not seen that Cinderella, so um, it's very good. But um, I mean, yes, very a very uh, celebrated Shakespearean actor, but who also like I know mainly from like non Shakespearean things. Um, yes, very very prolific career. Uh, I think I know him first from he was in uh, Kenneth Branagh's Hamlet as. Hamlet's stepfather, whose character oh. name I can't remember off the top of my head. Oh, gosh, I can't be. I was going to say Claudius, but that's not his stepdad. Um, but I, he's the king. Yes. He's the king who's remarried his mother. Yes. Um, um, I also wrote down, he was, I've seen all of these things, but I, um, he's in Gosford Park, but also that movie has like 10 big actors in it. Gladiator. And he's also in an episode of The Crown. 
and I was I think he plays the old um he plays Queen Elizabeth's uncle, the one who abdicated. I think that's what he mm. plays. Um but that it's I mean it's such a bit role. Um but that's when Queen Elizabeth says to him, which I think is so powerful. Um it's Claire Foy it's, playing. I think it's Claire Foy. I, I don't think that's Jacoby, because that, that character comes back multiple episodes. Okay, well it said he played Duke of Windsor, I thought, in the crown. Okay, doesn't matter. Maybe. She it says, might be in the newer one where it, it, he's yes. It, I think it, I yeah. think he might play the older. Um, the older, okay. older. Different episode then when Claire Foy says like, "You never apologized to me for how this impacted my life. Like yes. that I went from just being the niece of the king to suddenly being uh, the monarch in waiting, um, and the monarch myself." So, um, I, uh, I, I thought this was really interesting watching this and going like they're making fun of like kind of. The, especially the beginning when they're at the sci-fi convention. Why were they there? I completely forgot why they were there. Um, he needed to pick up something for a comic book for Frederick. Oh, and so okay, he okay. and Roz popped over there during lunch. Um, and I was like, I guess this is like Comic-Con before Comic-Con really became what it became. Yes. <laughs> old old Comic-Cons were more like this where it's books. And like a lot of smaller conventions are still like this. Um as a wrestling fan, this is kind of how wrestling conventions are, where it's like you see someone who is like in the ring and this god, and they're just like sitting on like a folding thing with a fanny pack, being like twenty bucks. Give me twenty bucks, I'll take a picture with you. Yeah, Give me another that's, twenty that's bucks, exactly, I'll record something. You know, it's like very different than the Downton Abbey conventions I go to, where <laughs> you know you're immediately um, tea, and then you have to dress for dinner. Um, no, it's a it's a lot of booths like this, and and. You know, I, I think it's interesting, but I think it's done from a space of like um, people who actually, you know, we've talked about how like Fraser himself was in Star Trek episodes as a captain. Like mm-hmm. um, these are people who actually love Star Trek, but I think they're self-aware that how dorky it seems because this is the thing I, I sent this out to a Trek friend of mine when Noel comes up and goes, oh, um, Roz, I didn't know you were a Trekker. And I'm like, isn't it Trekkie? And I sent it to my my friend, Chloe. Shout out to Chloe. And I was like, hey, what's this? And he goes, he's like, if you're, uh, it's it's like the difference between geek and nerd. It's like, it's a nicer way to say oh. Trekkie. But he's like, yeah. we know what we are. Have you ever seen, this is, I, I think the answer is no. But have you ever seen the movie Trekkies? No. <laughs> it's actually a really good documentary because it's an it's from 1997 so it's a little bit before it's before like the big push in nerd culture to kind of take over pop culture in general Mm -hmm. and it's it's funny but they also it it never feels like you're punching down it feels like it's very like these people are weird but they love that they're weird like i remember seeing it uh in college and it's a really fun documentary to check out like if if it's you know if you're into that sort of not thing. Not gonna lie, I'm probably not gonna check it out. But <laughs> listeners, if one of you do, it, please tell tell Ryan. I w- I will say it was it was such a financial success in 1997 that they made a Trekkies two. I never saw Trekkies two, but just let everyone we know. We love to see it, you know. Um. Anyway, back to this. Fraser and Niles decide to revive Jackson's Shakespearean career because they have such fond memories of him playing Hamlet. Yes, it, and this was the other thing I was going to talk about. The like the respected actor in sci-fi like that was uh john luke picard that was uh patrick stewart in in next generation this time was i feel like there's a a, an interesting line between like over dramatic sci-fi like this and shakespearean actors because it's like 
they're doing very similar things. It's just mm-hmm. instead of talking about like Othello and things like that, it's like it's like Klingons and stuff like that. Yeah. Like I loved when the Klingon came up and pointed. He's like, "Your people are a nice people," or something like that to him. Like again, it's 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 self awareness in this writer's room to be like these are nerds, but also like. Well, look at these nerds, Star Trek. I can't believe they're nerds about Star Trek. Here's everything I know. I like I have a very like intense like knowledge and understanding of the 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 genre. I also feel a little bit how that's that's how I am about Harry Potter. Like my knowledge of Harry Potter is so deep and so wide and I have so many thoughts and opinions, but I'm not the girl who like is wearing a cape around and holding a wand when she goes to Harry Potter yes. world. I'm not wearing anything themed. I'm there to just enjoy it. So I can be kind of like, ha ha ha. No, the fifth Horcrux was the Hufflepuff <laughs> cup. Okay. <laughs> well, wasn't that how like our Hufflepod, which is the, the most memorable episode to me was where I was like, I'm not a Harry Potter fan, but let me tell you all these very distinct <laughs> well, I, opinions. I, have about I don't it. say I'm not a fan. Like I'm definitely like, no, like I won yeah. Harry Potter trivia on a cruise. It was competitive. I was the only person playing by myself. Like, game, recognize game here. But, like, I don't embody it like some people it, it, do. It, it's not your... Like, I don't go, uh, Laurel is a Harry... Like, Laurel is a Harry Potter fan is a piece of the many things that is Laurel. It's not encompassing your personality. Yes, and also, like, people will... Like, Pottery Barn Teen came out with, like, a Harry Potter line of home decor. And the number of friends... Harry Pottery it. Barn. Oh, why don't why is it called that? good <laughs> um and a number of friends who sent me that where it's like you could buy a and it wasn't like obvious harry potter stuff it was all stuff like inspired by it and i was like i don't like any of these things Just yeah it's harry potter doesn't mean i'm gonna get it lay crusade is coming out with a harry potter line of cookware and i'm like oh great that's cute I'm, I'm not gonna necessarily get a grill that has the hogwarts seal burned into it i don't care that much like no. Yes. But, but I, however, what do I have over here, which you cannot see, but purchased at Platform 9 and 3 quarters in London, a tea towel painting of Platform 9 and 3 quarters framed and hanging above my Peloton. Oh so, my um, I, you know, I, I think it's, I, 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 as someone who, uh, you know, works on the, uh, Princess Diaries Instagram, there's a lot of people who were, it's like, I'm Disney. Like, like we have the Princess Diaries Instagram, which is our, it feels like I'm plugging the Princess Diaries Instagram at this point. But if that's like our Disney stuff, there are people who are who's like, I have a Disney Instagram. I don't have a personal Instagram because why would I need to? It's my Disney Instagram. It's everything about me. And I'm like, who boy. And there's some people who are like super into it. That's fine. It's also like, I don't know. Like that seems boring to me to only be about one thing all the time. Yeah. I guess also in social media though, I'm kind of like, Mm-hmm. Okay, I can understand if you maybe don't want to get super and have your whole life in social media, but this one aspect, you're like, oh, this could be fun to have like do a deep dive in social media about this. Like, for example, Leo's Instagram account is my happy place. The explore page is all dogs. It's dogs. It's just basset hounds and like dogs doing fun things. And it's so great. And like, if that's, that's my a, only that... Instagram, great. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, you were talking about not dressing up to go to Harry Potter World. You you know about Disney bounding or any of that yeah, stuff? So I guess about it on here we've before. talked about this. All right, we'll cut this off. Yeah, because I, I'm gonna spare our listeners that. No, I, but I had fine. no idea what it was until you. And then you sent me some examples, and I was like, oh, interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's very cool. The like, like I like, like when we did the uh, the my you know I'm talking about how like I don't like people who are like super fans and stuff. And then I had a Star Wars themed 40th birthday. But like. Tara's like, should be a costume party? I'm like, no, but if people want to wear a Star Wars shirt, that'd be so, cool. 
hilarious that you say this. As we approached the front door of your home for your party and saw the sign on the door saying to go around back, I went, oh my God, I hope this wasn't a costume party. And I like completely missed it on the invitation or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, well, guess we'll find out in 20 seconds. (laughs) I mean, I feel like at this age and stuff, it wouldn't be like, ugh. It's not like a high school thing where I'd be like, Laurel, is it wearing a costume? Everyone point and laugh. I'd just be like, oh, you missed the memo. Okay, cool. Or like, anyway, you want maybe some... I was coming from something else where I could yeah, yeah, wear yeah. a costume. And exactly. then we're going to something. Um, yeah, no, no. I, I, anyway. would not, I would not judge at all if it was a costume party or not, but I was just, I was just like, oh. You I just hope. didn't want to have to tell that story seven times in a row. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, yes. Because I do have a tendency to think I've read invitations and then turns out I miss a very key thing. Like once for a bachelorette party, I totally missed the part that we were all supposed to wear black and the bride was going to wear white. And luckily I had brought a navy dress to wear and so I just called that good. But my friend was like, yeah, it was in the invitation. I was like, what? (laughs) Uh, She bolded it in the invitation. I was like, how did I not see this? Anyway, um, one thing I do want to talk about is I think Jane Leaves is out on maternity leave at this point. Because Niles says, when Martin comes home and says something to Daphne, Niles just says very quickly, oh, my honey bunny has the flu. And that was it. And I was like, I wonder uh. if Jane Leaves went out earlier, like went into labor or something and went out earlier than they were expecting. Because normally if Daphne has the flu, if that's thrown in there, that would be a plot yes. point. Daphne shuffling around the house, being sick and everything. Like, Well, I had a note for Jane Leaves uh, maternity watch in the previous episode because there was a lot of like, uh, you know, chest up uh-huh. shots of her she's, she's in the, the back seat, seat. Of the car, yeah, yeah, yeah. and yes and at one point there's some really awkward staging where she's passing through the shot Roz yes. is standing in front of her and almost completely blocks jane leaves from the shot right while I jane leaves exactly is what alive. shot you're talking about by the by the uh <laughs> piano the kitchen yeah 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 yeah, yeah. um yeah, I was just, I, I think that probably what happened is, because obviously that's not what they're going to do for months if like Jane Leaves just has this illness after this illness. But I think that's, I wonder if that's what happened if she ended up going into labor earlier than they thought or having to go on bed rest or something. And so they were like, mm. uh-oh, we got to now just explain. But also, you don't want to explain why Daphne's not there. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I got to be honest. I think if they wouldn't have said anything, I'd just be like, uh, also not appearing in this episode is Daphne. Yeah, yeah. Um. I also enjoyed that Martin went and visited Duke in Florida because I think we hear a lot about Duke being in Florida and talking on the phone to him. And now he went and actually visited him. Well, we I have a, a, a not really an L, uh, 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 LOL, but just him talking about meeting the Michael Jordan of JLI players at the Red Lobster was just such a wonderful sentence. Okay, the Michael Jordan of what? Hi-L-I, J-L-I. Okay, I had no it's, idea. I had no idea what that was. It's a game where you basically have a, a ball and a scoop and you throw it and catch it. It's like kind of like uh, lacrosse and all this okay. other stuff. It was something that I feel like they tried to get it off the ground really hard in like the 70s or 80s and it just didn't take off. Okay. Okay. Well, I, I, I did I did not catch it all what he said and I watched it with closed captions and I must have missed what he said. And I was like, well, what? Right. Because he says, hi, Eli. And hi, Eli spelled like... J-A-I space. And you probably looked at them and been like, oh, the uh, captions have broken. <laughs> yes. Um, I, so when, just one thing about geography of Florida, he re- references being in the Everglades, Martin does. And then Fraser asks him if he w- visited Hemingway's house. I've been to Hemingway's house. It's in Key West, which is the furthest southern it's not anywhere near, of the yeah. continental U.S. Yes. And I was like, Fraser, you, even from Miami to Key West is like a three-hour drive because it's not like 
oh, the highways are take you straight there and everything. I was like, no, no, no. But at Hemingway's house, do you know what it is known for? I Paul, think it's one of those things where I think so, but I don't. I can't tell you. Polydactyl cats, cats that have I'm an sorry? extra polydactyl cats, cats that have an extra toe on their paws. It's known for that. Yes. Yes. Like, does like, it have anything to do with Ernest, Ernest Hemingway? There are, well, I mean, let me let me see if there's anything about the history of it. Um, like, this is one thing it's known for, you're saying. Well, okay, Ernest Hemingway became a famous aficionado of polydactyl cats after a ship captain gave him a six-toed cat that he named Snow White. Upon Hemingway's death in 1961, his former home in Key West, Florida, became a museum and a home for his cats, and it currently houses approximately 50 descendants of his cats, about half of which are polydactyl. Because of his love for these animals, polydactyl cats are sometimes <laughs> referred to as Hemingway cats. I this is I I don't want you to think I don't like this. I think this is actually very fascinating. I'm just like so like this is not where I thought we'd talk about today. <laughs> like yeah. also you said polydactyl and my brain would not think of anything other than pterodactyl. Yes. No, like I don't I, know why. So I I've, I've been to the Hemingway house on one of my cruises and Ooh. um saw saw in person the polydactyl cats. And yeah, there are a lot of cats there. They're not inside the house. They're all outside the house. But um, yeah, and the Hemingway house, I mean, it's just kind of like an old house that they mm-hmm. preserved and everything. I'm not a, I, I don't dislike Hemingway. I'm just not a Hemingway person. So I wasn't mm-hmm. like, oh, here we are at this great place. <laughs> um, but yeah, Clark, who, you know, has gone with me on every cruise, uh, was thrilled because he, he's a big cat person. So he loved seeing the polydactyl cats um and it's just something to say that you've done and now look who would have thought three years later it's providing content for our <laughs> podcast the lord gives the mysterious ways <laughs> i'm sure that's what was Hemingway's intention someday two <laughs> people will talk about this on a podcast um do we want to like really quickly run i mean i feel like the whole idea is they try to give him a shakespearean play and it goes bad and they're trying to cancel it because he's a very terrible actor mm-hmm. it turns out anything else we want to say about that i thought it was funny like i enjoyed this I one thought it was funny but i thought it was a one note joke that then got stretched out just too long i think i liked it because derek jacoby looked like he was having a ball with it. oh yes. like when he was leaving the apartment he like like looks at them and like slowly like i think that's why like i was saying shakespearean actors do things like sitcoms and sci-fi is it gives them a chance to not like they get to ham it up in a way that's so good yes they get to have fun which like i'm all for and also comedy is so much harder than drama so it's harder to be a comedic actor than dramatic actor like i i get all that i don't know i guess i was kind of like oh he's bad oh we've got another 10 minutes of him being you know this is this kind of gave me anxiety where i'm like now we have another 10 minutes of watching them try to figure out how to cancel this Maybe yes. you and I are both just in anxious places right now. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know why, though. Like, that's one thing I don't like about anxiety is sometimes I get anxious and I'm like, I know exactly why I'm anxious. Mm-hmm. I know what's going on. And then there's sometimes when I get anxiety and I'm just like, the worst is like, I'm just like, I'm anxious and I don't know why. And the other thing is anxiety for me feels a lot like low blood sugar. Mm. So sometimes I'm like, I'm really anxious. So I'm like, or I check my blood sugar. I'm like, oh no, the one thing I thought this was going to be, it isn't. Now I just don't know why I feel like You're this. a person where that Snickers commercial is actually applicable. Like you could just yes. have a Snickers and feel a lot better. Sometimes. Yes. Sometimes it's a lot like that. Do you have any LOLs or are you ready to rate this one? Um, I don't have any LOLs. No, I, I will say I watched this one. Like, which I rarely do in bed before I went to sleep. And so I think I might have been, I took notes and everything, but I think I might have been a little like, hmm. Mm. I, I give this one, I think I'd give it 5.5 if we do halves, but I'm going to give it a six just because I, just by 
the fact that I liked it better than the previous one. I'm going to give it six mutants because that was the thing he talked about. Have If I get to stretch a little, I get to play a mutant. Yes. Yes. That's, mm-hmm. um, I, I honestly, I probably only because of Derek Jacoby will I give this, um, six. And I'm yeah. going to give it six, um, um gosh you know i think i'm i'm, I'm gonna give it six polydactyl cats even though they weren't mentioned i feel like they were a character in this episode i you know I, I'll, I'll allow it um i'll allow it what a jerk thing to say you know what i mean yeah wow wow thanks i think what i meant to say was i see where you're coming from that makes sense it works uh so yeah guys if you want to get a hold of us uh our you can call us at seattle area code 206-657-6986 you can send us an email craniacs at gmail.com that's c-r-a-n-e-i-a-c-s at craniacs on twitter uh craniacs a fraser podcast on facebook and we are available on spotify google podcasts itunes or apple podcasts whatever it's called now give us a rating wherever wherever you find us a five-star rating the highest rating possible uh if you feel like giving us a four star or lower review laurel may have a better use of your time I do. Folks, by the time this episode comes out, it will be close to Thanksgiving. And that means it is prime time for Hallmark Christmas movies and what I like to call Hallmark adjacent Christmas movies, which includes things like Lifetime, um, Freeform, Up, Friends and Family. um, Up, Friends and Family? Up. It's called Up. And then it's like friends and family or something. I think it's like the sub. Like it's a. It's a I don't even, I've never heard of that based. one. Um, it, it, it often has the opportunity for you to binge um, Gilmore Girls on there. Um, although they ah. do bleep some things out, which is odd. Um, so there's not a whole lot to bleep out of Gilmore Girls. <laughs> but guys, every year, I don't know if the list has come out yet, but Hallmark always, and I will post it in the Facebook group once it comes out, but Hallmark has a list of all of their new Christmas movies. It's always in the 30 or 40 range of how many new movies they have. And Hallmark has been making strides in the diversity of its movies. If you're like, I don't want to see two straight white people with first world problems fall in love they have got they they have interracial relationships they have gay and lesbian relationships they have movies about hanukkah they have um this is something that amy pointed out to me they have more and more movies with divorced people it used to be that if it was a single Mm. parent they were always widowed but now they have more about you know divorced people and stuff so um, just to give you an example of some of the one that right now, just I pulled up my Amazon to see what it's going to push towards me. It's pushing Dear Christmas, Crazy for Christmas. There's also like a <laughs> wedding for Christmas. That's a good one. Um, you really want, oh, the Christmas dance, shoelaces for Christmas. Guys, I can't make this up. Um, a She's Christmas- literally just looking around her apartment and then adding <laughs> for Christmas at the end. <laughs> Christmas in Mississippi. I mean, guys, there are, oh, a Cinderella Christmas, the Christmas gift. Oh, here's a wedding for Christmas. Yes. Um, Dear Santa, um, there are guys, there are just oh, lights, camera, romance. Oh, that may not they might not actually be a Christmas movie. I take that back. But um rock and roll you. Christmas, guys. I mean, all this to say the the catalog is rich, and <laughs> I I say it is a perfect thing to have on in the background while you are wrapping presents, while you're doing some work from home. It is safe for family consumption. It is Hallmark, guys. There is often like one smooch between the love interest at the end and like that is it so um also you'll see some of your favorite actors from the 80s and 90s like patrick duffy in uh some of these movies trying to um just make a little cash so highly recommend it like i said when hallmark comes out with their list which it may already be out and i just haven't seen it i will post it in the um facebook group as well as a few ways you can watch it if you don't have cable 
Guys, I feel like typically when we do this, I'm like, oh, let's all go enjoy that. But I'm going to leave that to you guys and Laurel to really enjoy the Hallmark Christmas. I also have a drinking game for it, guys. I'll post that too. Okay, well, uh, have fun with that. Uh, happy uh, Thanksgiving or early Christmas. Uh, but uh, until next time, I'm Ryan. I'm Laurel. And we're listening. Bye, y'all. Thank you.